All right, Jonathan plays the sweet lick. This show has explicit language and most probably has mature themes. Oh hey there, welcome to Dexplanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. What happens in this show is I look something up on Wikipedia and explain it to a guest. Generally, that guest will be David Gerondale. How are you, David? Hey, I'm doing pretty well, Dex. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. Alright, what do we learn about today? <laughs> We're going to learn about eyes and vision. Here's like basically the structure. We're going to learn about the eye itself. Then we're going to learn about Snell and charts, and then we're going to talk about how eyes can get fucked up. All right. Eyes and vision. Yep. And Snell and charts. And Snell and charts. So uh, basically, we're going to talk about the structure of the eye first in order to like figure it all out. Um, the part above the eye that like starts and the skin is the cornea. Above the eye. So you're talking about like... What I can touch. Yeah, this, the thing that you can actually touch on your eye is the cornea. Okay. And what that is is, like, imagine, like, a little half football that sticks a, that sticks onto, like, an actual sphere. So okay, the so the lens... Is, okay, the so you're saying that... The itself is the sphere, and then the cornea sticks out, like, a little half football above that. Um, and it's a transparent... Um, because it has no blood vessels in it. Okay. Yeah, and the reason it has no blood vessels is because uh, you have to see through it. And so the only way oxygen gets to the cornea is by diffusion through tears. Through tears? Okay. Yeah. So part of the important reason why your eyes need to stay so hydrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, is in order, because that's the only way for oxygen to actually get to the eye. And then you got the sclera. which Well, is to the, the cornea. To the cornea, yeah, because like you got the sclera, which is the white of the eyes, and you can see the blood vessels in that. Yes, especially um, yeah, I can see that after having smoked some cannabis, I can clearly see from across the room the blood vessels in your sclera. Yeah, but I mean, I have allergies and stuff, so like, I'm sure. That's, yeah, that's a good excuse too. Yeah, I'm not saying I didn't smoke weed. Well, I mean, you already talked about <laughs> mature themes, and it's legal in this state. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I smoke weed, peeps. Um, but then you got the iris, and human human irises is really interesting. They're super small compared to most other animals, um, and some people suggest that that's so that we can actually see where somebody is looking. And just oh yeah, be, it's like way more expressive. Yeah, and just to be clear, the iris is the part between the sclera, the white of the eyes, and the pupil. So, like, the part that expands and contracts. And contracts, the muscular part. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, if you think about, like, a dog or a goat. And the part that gives you your eye color, so to speak. Yeah. What mm -hmm. we call your eye color. Yeah. And uh, if you think about, like, most animals, the sclera itself is actually, like, a darker color. And the iris itself is much bigger. And so, like, they can't actually tell... Like, there's no way to tell where they're looking. Right, right. Dude, especially, yeah, tell. especially a lot of times with, like, herbivores, mm. their eyes don't even point forward. They point, like, off to the side to give them a greater degree of vision. Yeah, and they, they just like, kind of, like, dead-eye you. You're like, are, what are you, are you looking like, at me? Or are you... Yeah, they have those they weird like rectangular... Because they have those rectangular pupils uh, and irises as they well. They look like they, little Satans. Yeah, it, it is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, so that's the iris. And then you got like the little fl- the fluid that's between the cornea and the pupil, and the space around the lens. That's called the aqueous humor. It's like a like similar to a plasma. Okay. Then you got the so lens. So it's just like a gel that sits in between the cornea and the lens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like the lens is, if, is the, the lens then like is sitting imagine, on top of your pupil? Yeah. If, if you imagine the cornea being that little half football on top of the actual sphere, the aqueous humor is what is in between the sphere and the cornea. Okay. So the cornea is like a thin so membrane. Like and then fills up the football. Okay. It's like a little blister or a bubble on top of the eye filled with a, a liquid. Yeah, exactly. It is almost like a blister if you think about it. That's a gross way to put the eye. <laughs> it is, yeah. But it is like a little uh, thin membrane filled with yeah. liquid so in order to protect the structure underneath. purposeful blister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lifelong intentional blister. Yep. Little... That's your eyeball, people. <laughs> That's what you're looking at. The yeah. gate with the you window to the soul. Through. Um, then you got the lens, of course, what its main function is, is to bend the light, but it's connected to suspensory ligaments and ciliary muscles, which pull the ciliary muscles pull on the suspensory ligaments, which pull on the lens itself. Okay. In order like to have like a more focus changing its shape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To change, to adjust the focus. Exactly. Okay. I, I think, okay. I recently learned a little bit about this. Um, that's what the eye strain you feel like having to read something close up for a long time or look at a computer screen. The eye strain that you feel is actually those muscles getting weak. They're yeah. getting, they're getting tired, having to focus the lens at the exact same, um, um, focal, focal length for so long, they just start to get fatigued. And that's what you feel when you're feeling eye strain, especially at one at a length that you're not used to looking. Yeah. Yeah. And for like, a prolonged generally. period of time, like Typically, we constantly adjust our eyes between looking at close things and looking at far things, and it gives our muscles a chance to kind of relax as certain ones contract and others, you know, relax. Um, mm. But when you're constantly just reading close, yeah. So you just need to give your eyes a break and, you know, look at something far out of the window every, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, then behind the lens, you got the vitreous humor, which is kind of like the aqueous humor and that's transparent. Um, and it's just like, is in between the lens and the retina. And what the retina is, is the layer at the back of the eye. And it's the collection of cells that, uh, comprise the layer at the back of the eye. Like so, the, the nerve cells. Yeah. The, the that actually optic, are receptive yeah, to, uh, are connected to light. To the optic nerve. So you like, said, so you said, so now we have the aqueous humor and the, the vitreous humor. Uh, yeah. So I just didn't think that when we started this episode is on eyes it was going to be as humorous it is as it is it's really not it's really not (laughs) that got a laugh it got one for me but i'm easy to laugh you are like the biggest dad joke (laughs) Uh, anyway anyway sorry i got a sidetrack we were talking about the retina getting the juicy bit yeah exactly that's what actually contains the cones and the rods uh which are responsible for light sense sensation basically um And they work with some kind of, they have some sort of chemical reaction that happens that I don't really understand. Like a photoreceptive biochemical reaction. Yeah, light itself creates a photochemical, like a a chemical reaction. Probably turns some sort of uh, metabolite into something else. Yeah, Is it like a catalyst for being turned into something else? Into the brain. And sometimes the retina is even considered part of the brain. I don't get that either. That kind of makes, I mean, it's, it's... it is, um, I mean, it's a peripheral part of the brain, certainly. But, like, if you look at the brain, you look at the olfactory uh, part of the brain, it also is, like, this weird little bulb that just, like, 
pops off near the bottom front and it doesn't look like it belongs on the total structure of the brain but it's definitely yeah. like a part of the brain the olfactory bulb okay. yeah i guess i kind of get that and then of course you got the optic nerve which takes uh takes information to the brain but let's talk about cones and rods because they're kind of interesting cones and rods yep so uh rods they work in less light and vision in less light is called scoptic vision and they're most highly concentrated on the outer edge of the retina um they usually don't play a role in color vision uh, which is why you can't see color in low light settings Ooh, i would venture to guess too that given that they're situated on the outside of the retina um they probably don't play that much role in in like um acuity either like if they're situated on the outside of the retina i can't imagine they're playing that much role in well, they, optic acuity they like are, because like your focal point well they are actually in the center but they're most concentrated on the outer on the edges. outer edge okay so so they exist in the like the full length of the retina but they're mostly concentrated on the outer so edge. maybe it's just that that we want that color vision acuity in the center of our field of vision and so they're just less because it's it's yeah yeah what you're gonna get to the cones because cones, cones uh like you were talking about are mostly responsible for color vision and there's three different types and they're cleverly named small medium and large because <laughs> uh they both see they all see different wavelengths more specifically and the mixture of what intensity each like grouping of cones sees is what determines the color that right you see. basically just how like our digital televisions work today you have yeah. Each pixel is subdivided into a red a red pixel, a green pixel, and a blue pixel. And the variations intensity of each of those creates a, the illusion of a single pixel of color. Uh, and then when you mash that all together on a big scale, you get full moving images in the all the vibrancy that we normally see. Yeah, if we had like an extra type of cone, we would probably have an extra... An extra, an yeah. Extra light we would need... In fact, if we, had an ex, if we all had an extra um, cone... Yeah, I guess it would actually make TVs probably slightly more expensive to develop. <laughs> yeah, thank God. My TVs are fucking expensive already. As it is, yeah. Um, but I actually didn't tell you about a third type of cell that's in the retina. Um, they're called photosensitive retinal ganglion cells. Ooh, or that's we'll a call them PRGCs to reiterate. PRGCs, gotcha. Photosensitive retinal ganglion cells. Um, ganglion. That's a fun one. Yeah, they're uh, they were like first noted in 1923, when it was. Wow, that's not new at all. How have I not yeah. even heard of these at all? Yeah, uh, basically what they did, I can't remember who did it, but uh, they showed that cone and rodless mice still showed pupil restriction when exposed to light. Interesting. So they were definitely still responding to light in so some way. So they were responding to light, but. They had no cones or no rods. Or rods, the only two cells that we yeah. knew of that could do that. Um, but they also have been shown to shown to provide more information to the brain and like do other things. For example, they help so synchronize the body's circadian rhythm to the 24-hour day and night cycle. Okay, so maybe these are the, the light cells that are sensitive to blue light. Like when people are, are like, hey, if you're having trouble sleeping, maybe turn off or turn down your blue screens because oh, blue possibly. light is said to, to help inhibit or sorry, to inhibit the production of, um, was it melatonin, melatonin. that helps yeah, you go exactly. to sleep, right? 
Well, yeah, and that's a, uh, that's another thing that the photosensitive re- retrial ganglion cells uh, do is they help regulate melatonin. Okay, so yeah, so okay, they can cool. either they can either help bump up the production or decrease the production of melatonin. based on what kind of light based they're receiving. On, yeah, because what, they yeah okay it's because blue light is usually associated only with like you know daytime full daytime. Mm. Uh, and that's why, you know, it's thought that when we receive too much blue light late at night, our body starts to get a little bit confused about what's going on. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, also, like we said, they help stimulate and they help regulate pupil size. But the one thing they don't really do is contribute to conscious vision. OK, OK. So they basically just like perform the side. So those mice were blind of the ice, essentially, yeah. Yeah. like the way we would we would define blind mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah, Actually, exactly. I I saw uh, years ago, Scientific American did a Scientific American did a study where, um, or at least it was published in Scientific American. Sorry, Scientific American didn't conduct the study, but they published it where um, some researchers um, at a university basically took a bunch of patients who were blind for different reasons some of them due to injury to their eyes or lifelong um, like a, a visual impairment due to the eyes. Um, and then the others, about 50%, it was due to some sort of um, like a, 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 not a cognitive impairment, but a neurological impairment. And, mm, yeah, yeah. And so what they found was that the ones who had the neurological impairment were actually, despite reporting being completely blind, um, were somehow able to navigate around objects and then after the fact were not able to report that they had encountered any objects were basically subconsciously making small adjustments to their path to navigate an obstacle course that people whose eyes were damaged were completely incapable of of navigating uh and so it suggests that there was that maybe this is connected they were yeah exactly maybe that they were actually still capable of receiving input from there despite the visual center that processes conscious thought being being damaged and being able to actually like avoid yeah, without their behavior thought. yeah exactly their motor function behavior changed without them consciously directing it huh yeah that's that's really interesting so yeah those uh that's uh prgs and uh but before we talk about the snellen chart and visual acuity uh let's just like talk about lenses so like their main purpose is to focus light to a specific part of the brain for optimal viewing. Um, (laughs) I see what you did there. So, uh, uh, (laughs) but another cool thing that they do is they perform accommodation, which is the ability to focus at different distances. Because one thing that human eyes do is, uh, is what's called infinity focus. So, if you're looking directly ahead, you can still, and your eyes are parallel to each other. That's called infinity focus because your focus is essentially uh, parallel. To right. Each parallel eye. lines never meet, but, giving you an but, infinite uh, depth. But those ciliary muscles in the lens can pull on, can flatten out or expand the lens in such a way that you actually have focus on something in between. Okay. Infinity. Oh, okay. And, uh, when you focus on something super close, your eyes will actually converge. To and assist with the muscles. You don't want it to contort to the lens too with much. The lens, yeah. Um, but like if you're staring at something like 300 yards away, you'll probably be at affinity focus, but can still get that focus 
versus something else. Oh, I never realized. I never really thought about the fact. It's obvious, but I never really thought about the fact that like eye movement plays a part in in our visual range. Like, so that means organisms with like fixed eyes, um, like eyes fixed in their socket, don't have nearly as much uh, depth of range to choose from because they can't. They don't have that assistance with being able to. But they still probably have really good ciliary muscles and the and the lenses themselves. That's true. Like, but one thing I did learn is that, that a lot of it's a lot of times it's a feature of predators um, to have very acute uh, focus, and that a lot of animals. I mean, like like you've probably heard that your your visual field is largely filled in by your mind um, with with available data um, and a lot of assumptions sometimes. Um, which is how most illusions work. Yeah, exactly. Which is how most illusions work. They trick your mind into making an assumption about what it's seeing that that then causes a breakdown in your understanding yeah. of of the visual representation. Um, and uh, so so basically, I, like for instance, the rabbits here. I, I from what I understand, they don't have very good visual uh, like. Uh, focus acuity because they mm. don't need it they never pounce on prey they never jump from one branch to another like squirrels for instance yeah. have great focus acuity well, which is strange for that's a, why their a, eyes a prey are on animal. the side of their head as well so that they to can see, see stuff coming more, from behind yeah see uh, to have more of a visual arc yep like horses they say it's like what is there it's like 350 degrees well and that's why they're likely to kick you if you get behind them yeah they can still see you back there <laughs> Well, and also they get oh yeah if you get into the one their blind single spot, blind spot yep yeah it's then, gonna make anybody nervous yeah if you see all but ten percent of your of your surroundings and you somebody enters that ten percent for nefarious purposes <laughs> yeah you get your get your spleen kicked out I think that happened to my cousin um all right so let's talk about like how to measure vision okay um which is called visual acuity the measurement of clarity of vision. Um, the main way people do it is by what's called the Snellen chart, or it's like the standard eye chart, um, made by a Dutch dude named Herman Snellen who died in 1908. So he created these optotypes and optotypes are kind of like a font, but they're have like specific ridge, specifically outlined structures. Like they each type or each letter in the optotype uh, is comprised in a five by five grid. And then the lines are one fifth and spaces one between, fifth of the total and the spaces between lines grid. are one fifth. And in modern, in modern Snell and Okay. Charts, so they have very, like very precisely measured out, um, vacant uh, and filled spaces. Okay. And that's just to, to create like a standard. Mm hmm. To create a standard, and modern Snellen charts only use ten letters: C, D, E, F, L, N, O, P, T, and Z. So if you memorize those, you can get a vision rating way better than you deserve. <laughs> but, Thus, improving uh, the safety of our modern roads. Yeah, but uh, you know, you've seen those eye charts and maybe done a vision test uh, on a Snellen chart. Yeah, I did one not that long ago. So yeah, basically, um, Snell, uh, Snellen decided that standard vision was when a person could recognize an optotype when it took up five arc minutes of vision. And so if you, and what an arc minute is, is 
if you imagine there's a complete sphere encircling you, that's 360 degrees, right? And then, uh, and then each degree is then broke down into 60 arc minutes. And okay, then, so a degree is like an arc hour almost. Yeah. We can think of it that way. Yeah. Um, and then each degree is broken down into minutes by 60, and then each minute is broken down by arc seconds. Okay. But um, so like when you're standing, uh, standardly it's 20 feet away from the Snellen chart. The 11th line, or sorry, the eighth line uh, will be will take up f- five arc minutes of vision which is about a sixth of a degree okay um and if you look at the okay. if you look at the moon at night and hold up your thumb like have you ever heard that yeah yeah um that takes up about 30 arc minutes or about half a degree okay so then this is like a third of that yeah because you said a sixth of a degree and then a half a degree right yeah yeah um, so then you've heard about like the whole 2020 rating and like, yeah, yeah. Like 2020 vision, 2040. Yeah. So what that describes is 40, 20. Yeah. What that describes is how well you can see versus somebody with the standard vision of like five arc minutes, um, standing 20 feet away from the sign. Okay. Um, or not, if it takes up five, five arc minutes, it doesn't depend matter how bit how far away you are i imagine you have to be a standard distance away don't you well from otherwise it wouldn't well take up the same but if you went further away and measured how far uh how much five arc minutes took up you could just make a bigger or smaller oh, i see what you're saying i see what you're saying it's more important that it take up five arc minutes of your vision than it be a certain a size certain or, any, or a certain away. distance or size right mm-hmm. You basically just adjust the size of the chart or the distance from the chart, whichever is easier, yeah. until you get the proper amount like of if arc they don't, minutes. If they don't have enough space to do a proper Snellen chart... They just get a bigger one. They'll either... No. Oh, a smaller uh, one. They would Sorry. do a yeah, smaller, smaller one. one. They'd either do a smaller one, or they'd put a mirror 10 feet away from you and have the chart behind you. Gotcha. That's that's a pretty clever... Okay. Yeah. Um, so when you think about 2020, uh, you're the denominator... And the person with standard vision is the numerator. So if you see really shittily, uh, you could have 2040 vision, which is line five. And what that means is what the standard person can see at 40 feet, you see at you 20 see at feet. 20 feet. Um, okay, so then if you have better vision, the the it flips and you become the numerator, no, right? No, not at all. Or the denominator. No, no, no. It still stays the same. So 2015 vision is what a normal person sees at 15 feet. You see at 20. Oh, okay. So I see. So you same. always stay the you so always you, stay the the numerator. Yeah, you okay. always stay the numerator. Um. So yeah, that's basically uh, 2015 is better than 2040, and the very top line of the chart is basically a tenth as well as a normal person could see, and that's 2200. Wow. Okay. Uh, and if it gets worse than that, what they do is they just start pushing you towards the chart. Okay. And then they measure, like they have to do some math afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what if? What do they? I mean, I guess it's not a problem, so it's not as important. But what do they do if your your vision's just like so good? What if your vision's like twenty? 
one. <laughs> Twenty-one. You can see. You can, you can see at twenty feet what the average person can see at one feet. Oh, they'd probably just keep moving you back. Okay. Do the opposite. Just thing. to see where you. Yeah. How good your eyes are. Yeah. Like uh, Tiger Woods vision, <clears throat> eagle vision. You, yeah. You, like Legolas. Yeah, like Legolas. Use your elf eyes. But if you can't read, but what if you can't? What if you don't know uh, English letters? What they do then? Yeah. What What do you do if you don't uh, know English letters? They use either what's called the E chart or the Landel C chart. Hmm. Both or, of those are English letters. Yeah, but what they do is they just have the orientation of the C or the E be different, and then you just tell them which if it the hole is going up. Or if it's going sideways, down or left. Oh, so like it's it, they, so they 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 just flip they, it around. They, they have just it like change the, the opening pointing. Oh, okay, okay. So you can just be like up, down, side, side. Yeah, exactly. Like left, right. Yeah. Izquierda. Izquierda. Uh, derecha. Derecha. Uh, arriba y bajo. Up and down. Mm. Um, but then uh, so you got. So let's, that's basically it for the Snellen chart and visual acuity, which is the measure of uh, how well you can see versus other people. But how about we talk about some types of vision errors, like how shit can get fucked up with yeah, like vision. Glaucoma. Glaucoma is on here, but I really didn't look into that very well. So 43% of visual impairment is uh, refractive errors, which is the shape of the eye affecting the focus on the retina. Okay, so like maybe the lens is the right shape, but the the distance, the retina, the distance between the retina and the lens maybe is the wrong. Or like the the distance. circular shape of the eye isn't compressed enough. Um, so the eye but is itself... but what I'm talking about is and that creates like a distance here. Like when when it should be focusing on this part, it's now no longer because yeah, the exactly. distance is wrong. It's yeah, like the, mismeasuring the focus, how far away the the yeah, retina is. Like for example, with farsightedness, light coming into the eye gets focused behind the retina, which makes near which makes near objects appear blurry. So if you think about like the very center part in the retina. That's where images should be focused. Yeah, it should be almost it's like a actually, point. actually, yeah, right? and if you it think about be... a cone going from the lens to the back of the retina, the, the point of the cone the should opt- be right the on the... The point of the cone should be on the retina. Retina, ideally. And if you think about uh, farsightedness, the cone would extend past, past, past the, the, the back of the retina. The hypothetical point would be into the back of your eye, mm-hmm. into your skull almost a little bit. And if you think about nearsightedness, uh, the light coming into the eye is focused in front of the retina so it would focus in front of the retina and then expand expand again again. which makes far away objects appear blurry okay Mm -hmm. interesting okay cool yeah i mean not cool as a like myopia so it's myopia and what's the other one uh myopia is nearsightedness okay and hyperopia hyperopia farsightedness oh just by by name alone i'm not saying one is better than the other as a condition to, to deal with, but hyperopia just sounds better. Be yeah, like, yeah, you know, like I have a bad case of hyperopia. <laughs> I, I just, that's yeah. not going to turn sexual partners away. Yeah. I don't feel like my, yeah, my lens is just focused too far. Well, don't put it that way. Uh, yeah. Hyperopia. Anyway, another problem that you might have with, uh, your eyes could be astigmatism. Which is where, and this is also another refractive error, 
uh, that's when the light doesn't get evenly focused on the retina. It could be due to a misshapen cornea or a problem with the lens. Um, Interesting. I wonder if yeah. it, Okay. So and I've seen... I didn't know exactly what they're doing, so, but I've seen surgeries, I feel like, videos of surgeries where they're like reshaping the, the lens or the cornea like with a scalpel. Or no, no, it was with a laser, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they they took the cornea off with a scalpel and then like used a laser to re-etch the, uh, the lens the way they wanted it. I wonder if that had anything to do with the condition you just mentioned. Likely. Like LASIK surgery, is that how that kind of works? Don't they reshape the lens a little bit with the laser? Mm -hmm. They like peel the cornea back and just... Yeah, exactly. They just like kind of make it what it should be. I guess you could do or, with that with myopia or hyperopia too because yeah. you would just measure like how far it was off from where it should be given their eye shape and then you could you could just adjust it. Mm -hmm. And uh, But if you have astigmatism like really early in life, uh, it can... Uh, have it can make you have lazy a lazy eye and lazy eye is called amblyopia amblyopia yeah and uh it's actually pretty cool because lazy eye um or amblyopia is really just the brain not working well with the eye oh, so like okay, if okay. you have one eye that has a real big issue and the other eye doesn't the brain will just start to filter out the one that doesn't and so, okay. Yeah. So like the focus and is kind of bad. Uh, then you got cataracts, which, uh, are like cloudy lenses cause of half of blindness and a third of visual impairments worldwide. Okay. That, okay. If I'm just going to take a stab here, isn't is that something to do with like, um, a protein buildup, isn't it? Like, uh, basically like, uh, not amorphous. What's it like malformed proteins kind of just like a accumulating, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Like basically the eye just starts to get cloudy and yellow a lot of the time. And, uh, to my dismay, smoking and drinking are risk factors. Oh, I think anything, um, anything that's a mutagen is always going to be a risk factor for like forming those, I helped support my, my stab in the dark, which was there was like malformed proteins. Yeah, what yeah. does your body do when you introduce mutagens? Kind of like misshapes proteins. It kind of gets <laughs> yeah, fucking it lazy just, at its job. It does. Um, but what they do there is they give you glasses. And if that doesn't work, then they have to replace the lens itself with like a synthetic lens. Oh, with a synthetic one. They just yeah. take it out and pop yeah, a new one yeah. in. It's like dentures. Mm -hmm. The and, modern uh, era. The worst form of vision error is... Blindness. Ooh. And that's when you can't see. Is that what that is? Okay. Mm hmm So. But yeah, that's. That that's does seem like it. it would be the worst because it's kind of like the, it's the, it's the end result of any of the others if taken to their worst conclusion. You can't see. You can't see. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, that red cane that they have. Uh, oh, I think it's white with a red stripe. Oh right? yeah, white with a red stripe. That's a universal sign of blindness. Really? It's yeah. not, that's not just here in the United States. That's everywhere. That's recognized to mean yeah, that pretty, individual is blind. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. So does that mean that governments around the world must issue those to blind people? Or, or I guess probably because they're not making their own. Yeah. Um, I, I one time saw. Uh, this is pretty. This is not that. This is within like the last year. I think I saw. Um, 
three blind individuals uh, crossing a crosswalk um, through an intersection. And um, it was it was funny because we've all heard, you know, the blind leading the blind, the, the idiom um, that's often used. Was the leader doing well? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, what, what was going on actually is the, the so the second in the row had a grasp of the first one's shirt and then the third had a grasp of that guy's shirt. Um, so the first in line was, you know, doing the, the normal cane routine uh, and making their way across safely. And the second was because they were like in a line and all of them had like their mobility slightly limited was like off to the side. Also doing the cane because like he could reach uh, so far out in front more, of that's him. That's more efficient. Yeah. And then the last guy was just kind of chilling like, all right, cool. No, that's this is taken care of. And I really hope cool. I hope I imagine like. If they're all equally capable uh, blind men, then I imagine they, like, rotate, mm, right? Yeah. Like, when you have, like, a team of bicyclists, one of them drafts and, like, takes a break while one of them's taking the headwind, and there's, like, guys in between. Or, and then as a team, like, you know, the, the, or, the break guy rotates to the front. Yeah, geese formations, yeah. You know, elk do that, too, when they're breaking snow, and elk walk in a, uh, no, walk I didn't in know a that. single file line a lot of the time. Uh, but we are going to wrap it up. So that's it for this episode. Thanks, Dex. Yeah. Dexplanations is produced and edited by Jonathan Cunningham at Rabbit Pen Studios. Likely I got a bunch of things wrong. Email me about it at dexplanationspodcast at gmail.com. If it's warranted and I have time, I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. We don't have any way for you to support the podcast right now except telling your people about it. So go on and do that. I've always loved you. Bye now.